to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. Brody. Hello. And James. Hello. On the show today, we're going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto 6, the Game Afford 2023 nominations, PlayStation delaying half of their live service games, and the PlayStation Portal getting an Australian release date. But first... Happy birthday, Brody. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. I've got some wicked lag, as usual. Uh, (laughs) Shannon was serenading me before the show, uh, before everyone got here. It was a lovely private retreat. And um, look, it's it's why I came tonight. And I've got what I wanted. So the rest is just uh, gravy. So thank you. So for your birthday, you weren't gifted a new internet connection, no? No, it's fucking trash. It wasn't like <laughs> it, it wasn't bad until everyone uh, piled in here. So, uh, look, it'll be chaotic. It'll be what it is. Uh, let's uh, see how we go. Well, it's holding up pretty well so far. So let's crack on with the rest of the show and hope it stays that way. And let's start with Grand Theft Auto Six, probably the biggest piece of news to drop this week. And what was a pretty stacked week of news? We got lots to cover, but. GTA 6, Rockstar Rockstar confirmed prior reports that they'll be showing the very first trailer for the game in early December. Um, Shannon, I'm going to come to you first with my opening question. And the question I think that's on everyone's mind at this point in time, when are we seeing this game? Like, is it, does this indicate that it's imminent or could it still be a couple of years away? I think in the way that they announced that they're dropping a trailer, like I don't think they're then going to drop like just a 10 second teaser trailer. Like I feel like they're hyping up like the reveal of this game and with Rockstar, like thinking back, they don't release many games, so it's sort of hard to remember, but um, I feel like they, they generally announce release dates or like at least timings with with games once they show it. Um, they, they really like to have a short hype window and I don't see it being any different with this like you always we always got the feeling that when they're ready to show it and talk about it like it was happening it wasn't going to be something that we're waiting another five years for um so i think definitely next year it's coming i i don't think it's going to be like a, a feb march but i think it'll be out before like q4 next year i don't think they want to play in that window so just any time before then yeah, I had to do some digging as to what the kind of timings were around GTA 5. And I think that game it? was first shown in 2011, which was a couple of years before GTA okay. 5 then came they out. They always have like two to three years. Yeah. So I wondered if that was going to be the case again, but so much has changed in that time. And I feel like it's much less common nowadays to get like get a, a trailer years out i feel like more recently people have been trying to avoid that but maybe rockstar i feel like stick with what works see i feel like it probably was announced but i feel like one it it really once we see the trailer i think we'll know instantly like even if there's no release set like the second they start actually talking about the game and showing it off um in terms of anything more than like a title treatment is when like their their short window starts to happen in terms of marketing yeah it's been 10 years it's got to be soon i don't think they can drag it out anymore yeah james what do you think we'll see in the trailer everything and yeah. beyond <laughs> the whole game yeah no nah, i think you'll get you'll get gameplay or it'll be just like you know they normally do where they have um like a camera like kind of moving across yeah the, do you know what i mean and the like the narrator kind of welcome to the world of miami this is GTA 6. Yeah, something, something like that. Something like that, right? Rockstar, really if there's good. still time to record that dialogue, just let me know. <laughs> Very good. Um, do you think it's going to be like a long kind of 10-minute thing or just like a flashy two-minute thing? I reckon James. five. Like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, I reckon... No, nah, I reckon you get like three minutes or something and then like full gameplay reveal on this day. And then that'll be like a 20 minute kind of clip of how the world's changed and stuff. Yeah. To other GTA games and stuff, you know? Yeah. I know they love doing those kind of longer form deep dives, but I was trying to remember what order things kind of came out. It might have been that kind of trailer with Stephen Ogg being full Stephen Ogg uh, that came first before we got the, the deeper dive into the game. Um. Brody, do you have any idea in your mind as to what like a truly next gen 
Grand Theft Auto experience looks like? I mean, GTA Five was so revolutionary. Like, how how do they step it up? Like, what where does it go from here? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not too sure. Like, especially considering like if you put stock in the rumors about what the game's going to be, like a uh, dual protagonist heist sort of game, like very Thumber Louise type thing. Like, I, I don't mm. know. It's it's hard to know where they'll go with it and how exactly they can, you know. I guess escalate from GTA five, which was probably like crazier than their other games. Like it was very like lent into the crazy and was less like, I'd say three and Vice city to a degree were pretty grounded. And then they've just got sillier since. Um, but mm. I don't know, aside from like, uh, like say they release it on car. I think they'll release it on old gens just cause like it's too big a player base to, uh, maybe leave out. But, um, you don't reckon? I reckon no, reckon I reckon next reckon gen only gen? no chance. No, nah, I don't, I just think yeah, it maybe. won't. Look, maybe. I, I think, A, they know it's going to sell for the next 10 years. Like, I don't know if that... I think yeah, it's possible true. or maybe later on, but I just think I can't imagine it running on, like, base PS4 and Xbox One S. Um, if it's as, like, groundbreaking mm. as we've heard um, in terms of, like, evolving worlds and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Switch will well, be having, the, having seen the one le- and, like, Switch 2. Yeah, having seen the leaks and stuff, like... I don't know that it's necessarily, obviously they're out of context. We weren't meant to see them all this and that and don't know how old they are. Yeah. But like, I, I can't almost can't imagine it being like a generational leap in graphics and stuff like that. So I think like all the changes are going to have to be sort of gameplay based. And I'm not sure what they do there, but I think the most interesting thing will be, and I think James has said this in the past, like what does a GDA game today look like in terms of like, how do you like satirize uh, culture today and stuff differently than what they've done? And especially in a time where mm. like, you know, cancel culture is a thing and you can get in a lot of trouble for saying stuff that they've said in the past. And like, uh, yeah. So I'm just curious to see how they sort of tackle all that and keep their identity without sort of losing track of that. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And a lot of which that they've kind of sat I feel it's kind of played out. Mm. I guess it's kind of, all, or always a pretty close run thing. Um, but can yeah, I ask like, you an interesting Where does it kind of question. step into like the politics of America today and everything that we've kind of seen, like, post-COVID and stuff, like, it could be interesting. Sorry, um, what were you going to say? No, I don't. I haven't really seen this discussed at all. Like, I wonder if it will have a partnership with either PlayStation or Xbox from a marketing point of view, and who do we think is more likely to land that, if either of them? I don't really uh, care. You would think based on history, maybe PlayStation, but Microsoft have the money to throw it, and they've got, like, they've had it on Game Pass and stuff, so... But there may be some precedence there. Like there's a relationship at least. Mm. But again, who cares? Like the game will be out at the same time on both. So play it on what you want to play. Or will it? Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see them entering any sort of contract that restricts where this game is playable. Like they'll want to make it available like as far and wide and i think they'll be probably gunning for like the biggest entertainment release in history in the same way that gta 5 yeah, but set I, I that record that, so that's why it's so interesting right like if someone does have exclusive marketing like this reaches a whole level of gamers that like might not have even had a ps4 or, or xbox one mm. to be honest so i think it's that's why it's or got one with explicit out. purpose of playing the latest yeah. gta game yeah and it never happened should we do a little little wager on how many views we think this trailer gets in its first 24 hours because <laughs> they've announced it so they obviously want as many eyeballs on the thing as possible so ah it's yeah. gonna be silly 69 million in a week i don't even i know said 24 what, hours good 24 like 69 hours. million still. Wow. I'd probably say like I'll, I'll, 25 mil. Okay, I'll, sp- I'll split the difference. I'll say 50 mil. I'm trying to think what like numbers in Mr. B's video does in its first 24 hours, and that, that could be pretty insane. Yeah, 10, 15, yeah. 20. Yeah. Mm. 50 mil. How's Bioshock mm. going, Brody? Speaking yeah. of the other wager, that's... <laughs> I'm getting a bit nervous. Yeah. Uh, look, I think There's it could rear its head at the Game Awards. It'll... Uh, and Stealth Drop, Yeah, we hope. That's my only chance at this point because, yeah, GDA is looking <laughs> to be, you know, mid next year maybe, potentially. So, yeah, I'm in trouble. I can't remember what the wager was, but... 
eldest decided the day, for I guess. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> well, Brody, you did mention the Game Awards there, and that's exactly where I want to head next. As the nominations are out, Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3 received eight nominations each. Marvel's Spider-Man 2 received seven, and Hi-Fi Rush, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom re- received five each. Uh, the nominees for Game of the Year included Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, obviously, there's a ton of other categories that have all been announced and the, the nominees revealed for each of those. Um, so I want to open the floor to you all to speak to all about all of the nominees. Um, but James, perhaps we start with you. Of the nominees across all of these different categories, were there any surprises? I don't really think so. Um, yeah, like, I don't. I don't think so. Like mine is like a very small one. Like I'm surprised mm. Octopath didn't get a nod in RPG at all. Like that's yeah. such a such a good game. Um, such a good RPG. And original. I haven't played it, but is it weird too, that like, Life of Pi did? Lies of P. Oh, sorry, what did I say? Life mean? of Pi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's wrong that's the, in every form. I Great movie, but I'm not all. sure if it deserves a nomination. <laughs> oh, here. Richard Parker. But, um, um, yeah, I think. Mm, yeah, I, Lies of P. Like, I, I, yeah, I find that weird because like, to me that's an action game. And I feel like this is a big thing that happens every year with these nominations where games kind of are being miscategorized. Well, it happened last um, year with Sifu, didn't it? That went up in, yeah. like, fighting games. Yeah. Hmm. And then I guess technically, like, it's obviously floating around now with um Dave the Diver as well, with, like, indie yeah. games and stuff. And then obviously people are saying, like, Hi-Fi Rush is indie, but it's not. Like, it's it's really weird. I, I feel like they should, I don't know, like, cate- pre-categorize all these games so that everyone can pick and it's, like, all consistent. Um, because I can't mm-hmm. help but feel Liza P should be in action. Because why is Dead Island in action? Like, that's a game with, like, a meta of, like, 70 to 8. I think it's between 70 and 75. Like, that, to me, is, like, such a bizarre game. That's my that's my big surprise that that's got nominated <laughs> for anything. Like, um, but then, like... I, I feel like it's people there. struggling to fill out these categories somewhat, right? It's like, oh, actually. But then I don't game. know if you should like, be filling out... If you can't fill out a category, like... I just don't, know. don't like just putting yeah. in games just because is kind of stupid like that really defeats the purpose I, it does yeah. it does get really hard because then like you look at things like family game and like that like some of mm. those could go into like it just there is so much murkiness and you never know like you meant to put games in multiple categories like uh, yeah it's just it's a hard thing to do um and there's no you don't know until this moment like was i right or was i wrong because you don't really want really to talk too much within even the outlet yeah. Um, until you know that it's submitted. Um, yeah. So it's just it's a tricky one. There does need to be a more definition, I think, somehow without influencing the votes. But the second you sort of set parameters with games, like then you're influencing the, the vote. Outcome. I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Even like action to action adventure. Like how much how much adventure needs to be in the game for it to be? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we feel like we kind of like, know these things, but they are ultimately subjective. And, like, it's when you only when you kind of compare notes that you might spot these discrepancies. Um, yeah, I will like, I will say I was surprised to see Dead Island 2 creep into action game. Personally, I really enjoyed Dead Island 2, but kind of more so from the multiplayer aspect. Um uh, and there were there are action games that are like that I didn't get to this year that I probably should have as well. Um, but yeah, that one was surprising for me. I must admit though, James, I was pretty surprised in the year that we had to see Resident Evil Four get a nom for Game of the Year. And I'm not saying that just to stir you because, as no, we it's... know, I love the game as well. Fine. What would you replace <laughs> it with? I voted for it, James, so I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but I'll say it. Well, I think this is where, like, solidarity. maybe one of my snubs comes into it. I'm I'm disappointed not to see Jedi Survivor get more nominations. Oh, yeah, Whether no. that's to say it's deserving to be nominated for Game of the Year, personally, I feel it should. But I, I, This year, more than, than any other, I think was just, like... Yeah, like there were so many games even reading this list that I forgot even happened this year. Like Jedi Survivor was one of them. Yeah. There was one I that feel James like it was a bit of a victim of happened when this it came year. Out. Um like 
yeah, I feel like Spider-Man like could have been changed mm. out with three or four different games, like if the release dates were swapped out. Um, mm. It was a weird. It was a good year. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like Jedi Survivor in most years would have probably made the six, I think. Um, and I think that happened last time for some reason as well. I, I can't remember if it released earlier, like released later. It, was, um, it wasn't even eligible. Yeah, that's was, yeah. Till the it next was too year. Late. Um, yeah, so I, I feel for it because I do feel like yeah, most years it would have been in the six, and it was a really good game. Um, I saw them celebrating soundtrack or something, which is is great. But I'm sure they would have wanted the game of the year. Yeah. Um, no. Um, Final Fantasy six, uh, sixteen, I should say, was um another one I was a bit surprised not to see in the game of the year contention perhaps in lieu of resident evil 4 um and things like diablo diablo 4 like how much has kieran paid you to 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 state his viewpoint tonight (laughs) uh you know he scratches my back i scratch his that's how it works um diablo 4 though like really not got a lot across the board i'm actually flicking through the list now see if it gets any mention that lost a lot of fans best best multiplayer okay yeah, that the yeah. first season was like pretty catastrophic. Like, I feel like a lot of people jumped off then, and then that just kind of soured it for everybody. Um, do we? Yeah, I, I feel like we're going to talk about. Do, this, do we feel this like next uh, way we're talking about it now? But I think Starfield. Like, do we think Microsoft uh, were expecting that to land in the the top six? Probably. Um, yeah, I would speculate they probably would. Yeah, I mean, given the track record of the studio, I would. I think it's safe to assume they'd have lofty expe- expectations for it. I don't um, think it's a surprise it, it didn't. Again? I feel like it fell into RPG. RPG, yeah. Yeah. Do we feel like people were just yeah. like fighting yeah. for their lives to fill out the best adaptation category? Like it's everyone would have put like Last of Us and then just like, <laughs> oh, what else came out this year? <laughs> so I have a confession. I didn't realize best adaptation was like, video games to other media i thought it was other media to video games oh so what did you uh, I, I what did you uh, land on i feel like it was it was a pretty it was a decent year like i can't tell if last of us or mario is gonna win like do you think it was not a good year for video game adaptations oh it's as good a year as any but it's, it's just two like when there's like one I or two clear standouts everyone would be like well what do we we've got to populate the others with votes but like are they really just what are we doing here yeah what, just, what are we doing here like Gran Turismo, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was going to say Twisted Metal is a bit of a surprise in there, but I feel like if I remember correctly, that kind of surprised people with just like how fun it was. But it was like, it was bad fun, wasn't it? Twisted Metal? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately. That might say it all. All we need to say then. Um, James. Coming back to you, it seems like it's going to be a bit of a battle then between Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3, seeing as they were kind of tied for the most nominations. Can you see one of the two kind of getting a clean sweep? Or does Tears of the Kingdom, which I think everyone kind of went into the year thinking would be far and away the game of the year, given all that was achieved with Breath of the Wild, could that still kind of clinch it in the end? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, it's really, I find it interesting that, I mean, all of these games are very good. I really enjoyed Baldur's Gate, Alan Wake, and Zelda. Um, But I do think they're all missing different things. So there's no, like, perfect game amongst them all, so to speak. Um, I I don't know. People people always say that recency bias plays a part, but I don't think, like, Resident Evil 4 getting a few noms, like, doesn't really to me, like, kind of flies in the face of that. Um, sure. I don't think that's a thing as much this year. Um, but... I guess they've had a decade and a bit to think about it, though, haven't they? I don't really know, like, what you're trying to do. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's like a brand new game. Like, you know that. You've played that. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I just... Um, why do you... Yeah, no. I, I, I kind of... I, I can see Alan Wake sweeping. Um just because I think artistically it's just on another level to the other two games. Um, and I would argue it mm. doesn't like, I love tears of the kingdom, obviously. Um, but there is one part of it that I probably don't 
don't particularly like. And then obviously with Baldur's Gate, the whole third act is a huge mess, which I still think a lot of people probably haven't played. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I, I would, I think Alan Wake should get it. I would be surprised if Alan Wake didn't just sweep just because it does something so different. Um, yeah. Compared to the other games. Um, I, I don't feel, know. Nah, Kingdom I, I feel game. like Baldur's Gate will win. Like just based on like sentiment and uh, I don't know. I think it'll help Alan Wake. Like, no, I know. Have, like, I know what you mean. Like to I play think it. That... Like when that, obviously we're not, we're voting for winners like now. So people are pl- probably playing Alan Wake in the last few weeks. Um, hmm. ugh, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. It is a hard, uh, then I could see, like, I could just see Zelda getting, I think it's going to be close. I really do think it's going to be close between like two or three games for game of the year. In particular, um, yeah, I think like for best game direction and some of the other ones, I think Alan Wake, you can just, it feels like Alan Wake is more deserving, but I think game of the year, yeah, could could go to neither. Yeah. Have, and then it just, would surprise me if Alan Wake sweeped the rest. Having just finished Alan Wake 2 uh, this past week, um, I don't think any games has made as strong an impact on me. But as listeners of the show will now know, I've been pretty frustrated about the the game-breaking bug that I experienced in the process of it. And in fairness to Remedy, they did end up patching that pretty quick. And the quality of the game was such that it, it didn't really deter from my overall experience other than being frustrating that I couldn't kind of, like, finish it there and then. Um so that that's kind of like I hear what James is saying when it's like each of these games kind of have shortcomings because mm. that that's quite a major one for me and I feel like the get the areas that Tears of the Kingdom excels in like other games don't do as well but then they excel in other areas um, like for me my gripe with Tears of the Kingdom is still like the way it approaches its storytelling um, and the pacing of it. Um, other games nailed that, but they didn't do anything nearly as innovative as the um, kind of crafting mechanics are in Tears of the Kingdom. So it's it's a real like you're kind of comparing apple and or- oranges, I suppose. And it's they're all like, really good games, I think. Like they are all really great games. Yeah, and they, like, they're like, all fantastic. Normally there games, is like one or fantastic two in their own ways. And like it makes it really hard to kind of judge. So it's going to be interesting. Um. I yeah, my priority for for this week is to play as much Baldur's Gate three as I can, so I can have a more informed opinion on that game. Um, this time, I've been playing some actual D and D recently, but uh, not Baldur's Gate three D and D. Brody, to wrap it up though, obviously the Game Awards is not just about the awards itself but all the announcements that kind of happen in tandem are there anything you're particularly hopeful for from the show this year like new announcements sure yeah things we may not new new reveals of games where maybe we've heard about uh yeah Yeah. bioshock (laughs) um (laughs) like to see bioshock that'd be lovely um i'd actually like to see if they're far enough along with it i'd like to see the james bond game that io are working on if not oh, that, yeah. the, the, if not that, the game they're partnering on with Microsoft, which is meant to be like a fantasy sort of action game, I think. So, uh, yeah, seeing what they're up to would be cool. Um, yeah, like beyond that, I'm just like we always tend to see updates from Hellblade at the Game Awards. So as that's next year, like mm. I'd hope we maybe get a release date nailed down, maybe or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I the Xbox feel- controller. I think we'll see. I think feel like they always <laughs> announce hardware. We do love a bit of an Xbox control, don't we? I thought you were taking the piss, but you're being serious, aren't you? No, I was being... The the new... He was doing a little bit of both. He was being... No, the new... The the controller that they're releasing at the start of next year. I thought you were like... I can't remember what it's called. Like their dual sense. I wasn't, but now that I think of it, yeah, they'll probably push out like a new (laughs) purple electric controller. But no, I feel like Xbox loves announcing hardware at the Game Awards. Um, Maybe they should announce... There hasn't sure been a games. controller in a while, so we're right for it, I feel. <laughs> Wait till about um, 11 o'clock tonight, midnight. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like we don't have a very good picture of what PlayStation are up to next year, and that makes me think we're going to see Ghost of Tsushima 2 
finally? I don't think they know. It's a good question. We're going to get to that in a moment. Which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Shannon, going back 100%. to the GTA that's, discussion, though, do you think... Death Stranding 2 is a good ship. Death Stranding I think Death, yeah, Death, Death Stranding, oh, that's, that's actually point. my surprise. That didn't get most anticipated at all. Like, I thought that would get nominated. There were some games in most anticipated. I was like, are we okay? It's really <laughs> strange. Yeah, like it was a weird category. I can't even remember personally. what my like personal put forward was for that one. What was? Did someone have the list yeah, of nominees in front of them? Tekken I'm, Eight. I navigated off the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tekken Eight. I agree. Like that's like, enough. Thanks. Like I, I mean, I mean, real. Grow up. When you think of like, no, but when you think it's like been Cyberpunk and Elden Ring in the past, yeah. now it's like Tekken Eight. Zelda. Like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Far we've fallen. 2023 was really this the is once again. <laughs> I think people just filled it out, like not, not knowing, like. But how do you Final like Fantasy seven stumble on Tekken eight? To, like, <laughs> like a dragon for the wealth. Tekken eight, Star Wars Outlaws. Justin, Shannon would rather put nothing than Tekken eight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe anyone would like use most anticipated and Tekken eight in the same sentence. <laughs> I, I agree, but I, I, unless I mean, you're talking about your most head, anticipated Tekken game. <laughs> off the top of my head like Death Stranding 2 Hellblade 2 Dragon's Dogma yeah. 2 like I don't know big year for sequels the yeah. I guess there's yeah I don't know yeah it really like everything has come out this like, year is Wolverine like, on there? It's like no oh yeah no that would be a good one that's I'm surprised that didn't make it <laughs> like, that's weird do you I, think I don't people think... are trying to think of games that are pretty like sure for next year pretty well lovely. they haven't in it the does, past but... that's never been a category no. that's never been a yeah, qualifier I think fucking Elden anyway. was on there for four years in a row. Yeah, it's from Software City Project Red Award. Yeah, I think people yeah. just got a bit flustered and, you know, we'd like to have that one back if we could. Um, on behalf <laughs> of everyone that Pity voted vote. on this, I apologise. It's Bro. a ridiculous category. <laughs> we've, d- um, we've lowered our colours today. Tekken 8. We're going to upset no... some Tekken fans, I think. I don't, I don't know how to segue out of this, so I'm just going to force it and insist that we move over to talk about PlayStation delaying half of their live service games. So they've spoken about their plans for a sizable push into the live service game market in, mo- in their most recent financial report and earnings call, but confirmed that they're still working on a release of 12 live service titles um, with, yeah, six of them being delayed. Um, Shannon, to you first on this one. You're shaking your head. Are you, are you following? Can you hear us? No, he can't hear us. No, he can't hear us. Uh, James, I'm coming to you instead then. Do you believe that this is a typical delay or a sign that Sony are indeed rethinking their approach to the live service model as we kind of speculated there might be in the wake of Bungie's recent... Uh, yeah, I think um, I think it's, like, uh, it's definitely... It's it's good of them, I think. I think reading the room is is pretty solid. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I I don't you don't just delay half of the games that are coming out from a genre like for no reason. Do you know what I mean? Like it, the, yeah, they're obviously going to. You don't want a destruction all stars again. Um, Do you think they're deliberately something. quite vocal then to kind of relay that to players? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It because I feel like we. Strategic. Yeah, I feel like it would be it, it would be brought up all the time. Um, is that like like all these cool single player games have come out now, and then all you've got coming is what's it called? Payload with the dollar sign, that dollar sign game. That we <laughs> fair games. Talk of, fair, fair games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like shit on marathon. Even like like I yeah I don't know. Um, I think it's good. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction for them. I think a lot of people are tired of this shit now. Like it's time mm. to like step back to those games. And I love that that's reflected in the game of the year nominations. Like it is just all really solid, full feature, complete single player games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pleased to see them, as you said, read the room and kind of make this move. And I, I'm curious to see what the nature of the delay is. If it really is. Okay. How far has development in these games progressed? You know, what can we reevaluate? Where can we take the game next? Um, I would hate to think they try and just kind of polish what they've already done or go, okay, let's just add some more content and then it'll be fine. I really hope they actually kind of structurally think about what like the fundamental issues are with the live service kind of model um, and lean into their strengths a bit more. Like we'll get to remedy in a moment, but you know, they announced 
in fact, maybe it's best to just bring it up now. They announced that their upcoming project, Vanguard, they're pivoting away from the free-to-play model and instead um, they're codenaming the game Kestrel and it's going to have a focus on a strong cooperative multiplayer component. Like, I think that's where PlayStation are much more suited to. Like, I think they could they could benefit from taking a leaf out of Remedy's book um, and, yeah, like, not straying too far from the quite narrative-driven experience that's benefited their their studios in the past um shannon of the games that have been affected and delayed they've not been terribly clear on which exact games they are like who which do you imagine could be caught up in this well i feel like the last of us was already announced that it was either delayed or rumored right um (sighs) i swear you're gonna say that god it's hard i feel like we only knew we only knew about two or three there was like the paydesk heist one (laughs) Um, I can't think. Fair yeah, games. fair games. Yeah, fair games. I don't know. <laughs> marathon <laughs> was is marathon was marathon live service. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a PvP e fucking thing. Extraction shooter, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I think Horizon was probably. I don't know. That would be counter. That was multiplayer or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Horizon had one as well. Oh, it's yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if going mentioning ghosts again that they kind of expanded on the um, legends kind of multiplayer offering that they had yeah. with the first one. I feel like it's safe to say that, that most of, of it, most of the big properties like Uncharted thing. will have. I just yeah, I don't really understand it. It's the same with VR as mm. well. Like Spider Man sold was it twelve five million twelve million copies five million copies. It sold a good amount of copies, um, and you just wonder five, why they would yeah. stray from that. Like when they're doing so well. With, like, the single-player strategy, like, VR, yeah. like, why... I don't know why they're doing stuff like that in, in live service. But maybe they are course-correcting, which is which is good. Like, you don't want to diminish The Last of Us by releasing a live service mm. game that might do well for a month and then totally die off. Like, that's just stupid. And same for Horizon. Like, why? Yeah. The, like the Bungie acquisition, obviously like Bungie was sort of kind of brought in to kind of guide. I mean, Bungie obviously a very talented studio and brought a lot to the table. But a key thing was that, that they knew how to grow and kind of sustain a live service game. They were very successful with that, at least for a long time with Destiny. Um, I, I'm now a little bit peeved, I'll be honest, that, you know, they offered some advice to PlayStation around what Naughty Dog were up to um with the last of us multiplayer game the factions game um and that that's kind of thrown a spanner in the works and delayed things and maybe it was for the right reason but bungie clearly have kind of run into their own trouble as of late brody you've not really had an opportunity to speak about that and i know you're a big destiny fan like do you think bungie still off are offering playstation the value that they kind of hope to get out of them in in guiding and sort of counseling this live service approach. Look, I mean, it's, it's hard to know until we see the fruit that comes off the tree, I suppose. But I guess if you take all this news at face value, like, look, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like they've basically railroaded a project to then have their own studio suffer, you know, massive layoffs and which is a result of diminishing player base on their part. So, I mean, like it doesn't look Mm. good from an optics point of view, but I mean, when you consider that Destiny's been around for almost 10 years, like they are along with, say, maybe Rocket League, Apex, Fortnite, like they're probably the big four live service games that have been around for a long time. They've shown they they can do it and they know what they're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that came with a lot of course correcting as well. Like Destiny wasn't always good. Like, um, Mm -hmm. so they've really sort of become almost like the blueprint on how to do this sort of thing. So there's no doubt they know what they're doing. I think their advice is still valuable. but, you know, uh, their issues are their own. Like, they obviously released one lackluster DLC, and it was a big, highly marketed DLC because it had badass trailers and stuff, and that obviously saw the player base drop away. But I don't think that's necessarily suggestion that Bungie's lost it. I, I think they'll they'll get back up there, whether it's with Destiny or whether maybe they see that final shape DLC sort of peter out and then move on to Marathon or something. I don't know. But, like, they've still definitely got the goods, I think, personally. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, we've been pretty doom and gloom about live service as of late too, but I I still think there's a possibility for kind of new players to enter the game and for it to be successful. I just don't think 
anyone and everyone can do it in the parade approach that like everyone seemed to be taking um unless you had something kind of really novel to bring to the table and had like a sustainable plan for kind of managing content releases in the future like you know, even something as successful as Fortnite, they experienced cutbacks at Epic, which I think was probably a sign to them kind of scaling up and investing in a big time and then kind of realizing actually like maybe this isn't as profitable like long term as we thought it was. That being said, you know, Fortnite's had a bit of a resurgence this kind of past couple of weeks with like the return to their OG maps and stuff. I dived back in with some 40 plus million players, which was surprised even me. Um so I think it's possible, but yeah. Oh, and, and what was the game that had the beta recently? I'm blanking on it. The finals. I dived into the finals for a night um, and really enjoyed that. And I'm kind of keen to play more of that. And likewise, the group of mates I have to play with kind of all felt the same. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a chance there for a new entry. Um, I just don't think anyone and everyone can do it. And it's got to be kind of backed up by a real sort of quality experience. I am really interested to see how Sony, like say if they put out the first live action, sorry, not live action, live service game that they have on their slate or whatever, Mm. and it's, you know, it's received really badly. Like I'm curious to see like for a company or a publisher that's had so much success, they're not really used to like this sort of panning. I'm curious to see how they would react to that. And whether it would affect their strategy. Because, I mean, you've seen a lot of people, like I say, not stick the landing at first. And then they go back to the drawing board and they, like, grind out a real good yeah. community. Like, you'd argue that, uh, like, Sea of Thieves started like a joke. Now it's got, like, 30, 40 million players, I think, like, yeah. that have played it. Yeah. Same with, like, even Halo Infinite. Like, it, it's, you know, it's still not up there, but, like, it's grinding back a player base. And, like, with every season, like, it gets people back on board. So, I mean, yeah, you can turn it around. I just wonder if they would yeah put the time in if it doesn't land straight away so it's gonna be interesting i wonder if they're even better place rather than like 12 studios like all working in the space and like maybe running the risk of like cannibalizing each other they're better to like pick the best two studios better suited to it and they can you know one after another release a live service title um that maybe you know maybe they do the rounds and like okay we're doing the horizon game and next it's the um uncharted game it's the last of us game it's the you know whatever they just kind of go around picking up their kind of key franchises and turning them into a live service game and maybe like you know there's a pre-production team that kind of do the design and stuff and teams then kind of pick it up to kind of sustain it when it Mm. is kind of successful i don't know i feel like there'd be a different way to go about it than their approach they're currently taking i think that's the only thing that concerns me currently is that like we've got six to 12 games coming in the next what three to five years or something like that yeah but that's 12 games that aren't what sony is good at like that's not that's no No. single player you know over the shoulder games that we love like is insomniac just going to be the factory for getting those things out and everyone else is going to be working on live service like I don't know. Yeah. Like I'd almost, yeah, like you say, I'd rather a rotating thing where and is, we still is get there a, bit a strategy, of you know, let's make 12 games with the hope that like three or four of them stick and like does the financials back that up? I, I, I'm curious. Mm. Um, the last point I want to kind of make on this topic though, or quiz you on, um, is around Rocksteady and WB Games revealing that they're going to be uh, showing, giving us another look at Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League this week. Um, James, do you think in light of kind of all of this talk around live service games, we're going to see much of a different approach with uh, Suicide Squad since we last saw it? Um, No, I think, um, (laughs) no, like real, like real talk. Like obviously um, I play Mortal Kombat a lot, also WWE Uh games. Um, It also came out a few, a week ago, I think. Um, Good old David Zaslov has said that, you know, he wants to turn um the game WWE games into like a live service kind of factory like turn all their their brands into these always on services rather than love that um you know yeah literally like not reading the room and doubling down really bad um so turning like from console and pc games that come out every three to four years to like always on gameplay live service shit and you can definitely Mm. see like wb's influence through the way that MK1 is monetized, like it's way worse than previous games. Um, I mean, it's all cosmetic, of course, but still like pretty intense money. Um, And I can see that strategy being pushed on and doubled down with Suicide Squad. Absolutely. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to do it and it'll mm. just happen. 
I think they I get, get they get made by get people, made who by see, like, these Fortnite people, like and I, Apex Legends and FIFA, and think that you just replicate it. Yeah, I, I yeah, that that's that's what I was about to say. Is like I I think they think that you just release a game and it will make money more regularly, more constantly, rather than every three to four years. But like it's just yeah. you need to put the effort in to make that happen. And I'm not saying these games aren't made with effort, but I'm saying that I don't think these games have that kind of. You can't just shoehorn these games into that kind of I, I can imagine from a business perspective like it's much more digestible to kind of have money constantly kind of running in you know like as there's ongoing expenses like of the game you know being the development output rather than going okay like i'm gonna pay up front for like a three four year development cycle with the hope that it sells well when it eventually comes out and i make all the money back with you know enough there then- to kind of help us go for the next round um, but that also comes back to what we were talking about with Baldur's Gate, where like that game was in early access for two to three years, and that was a constant source of income coming in for them. Mm. So, I mean, that's not—I know that's not a live service game, obviously, but that—that that is maybe one way you could maybe make that model work. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but it's yeah, not like, like there's not upfront costs in developing live service games as well. Like they, they oh, yeah, of course, if they don't hit, well, they lose that money yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I just yeah, hope we don't live absolutely. in a future where our the our only hope of getting another fear game is like a asymmetric online multiplayer game or something like that that's monetized out the ass because i miss fear well they've kind of and there were job <laughs> listings for wonder woman that went up speaking of monolith which that was is a like, weird emphasis wonder woman i don't know i'm just talking sorry <laughs> but, but like um it's wonder woman yeah like that they've kind of insinuated that that game might be a live service game and i'm like well, what like I'm, how does that like work? no one want no one went and saw a wonder woman movie twice do you know what I'm like? Do you know what I mean? Like, who's going to be well, sticking I mean, around did. to play? Sure, but well, let's be honest. Like, money. Like, it didn't make. <laughs> but like, no, most not, games have you know, live service elements. Yeah, you know, you like know all what of the I mean. Soft games like Assassin's Creed. I think Avatar does. Like, it isn't a, a new thing for like these companies. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. I, it is a weird thing. I don't really understand. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's, I, I feel like it's just like so many things. There's no like formula. Or like science to it necessarily. Like it's just about making good content. And like if you can just make a good game, yeah. I like, but then you like stand a I get why like you put Spider Man versus FIFA, and it's like Spider Man takes four years to make, and people play it once and trade it in, sell it, whatever, and then people buy FIFA yeah. every year, and then when it's the same thing, but then also spend money on on Ultimate Team packs and stuff. Like you can see like if you're not a gamer and you're a CEO, like looking at the two strategies, why you would want to try and make the FIFA model work, like from a business point of view, because like it is just easy money for less work, the same amount of work, um, if it works. Yeah. No, I I know what you're saying. But then it can also go badly. With a Wonder Woman game. Like, hey, we added more spiders. Yeah. I don't think that's what PlayStation have tried to do. They've just tried to, create a live service space but like that is equally might not work um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why why i think it might simmer down and like and not be as prominent now i feel like enough there's been enough games that have like hyenas that like have had marketing runs um and pre-order campaigns that have just haven't come out um that people should be learning from that what's happened ewan yeah yeah uh, no, you, the, the mention of hyenas. I was like, I've forgotten yeah. all about that. <laughs> that was near release and just canned, Everyone and the whole team laid off. Um, <clears throat> is wild. Yeah, yeah, yikes. Um, <laughs> all right, one last topic for the day. It is one of our favorites. It is tech time with Shannon. And we're going to stick with PlayStation a moment longer as reviews are dropping for the PlayStation Portal uh, along with a February release date for us here in Australia, which is very exciting, I guess, depending on who you might ask. I'm going to ask Shannon. Shannon, you are yet to go hands-on with one ourselves here in Australia. Um, What did you make of the impressions so far that you kind of read slash watched online? Um, are you still excited for this device to come to? I think so. Australia? I think it was pretty much what I was banging on about the whole time in terms of like, um, it's not for everyone, but if you are someone that has enjoyed remote play or like like playing games in bed or on the toilet or maybe in a hotel mm. room or whatever, like 
this could fit your needs and it will be a better experience than using your phone with a backbone or your iPad. Um, but if that works for you, like if you are fine with that and you enjoy that, like you probably don't need this, but like there is no doubt that like holding a dual sense controller with a screen and having adaptive triggers and haptics and just watching how it looks like it does just load in the game from your PS5 and has like a, a decent UI um, is exciting. There are definitely shortcomings. Like why can't you stream PS5 games from the cloud now that they've introduced that a month ago, not in Australia, but in the US, like things like that would, would value add and make like more people want to pick this up. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's a cool, cool price. I get yeah, three thirty is a lot of money to to drop. Like I think if it was like one ninety nine AUD, like you can maybe make the leap to that. But it is a lot of yeah. money for for what it does. Like I totally acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I felt so compelled today that I put down a, a order on Amazon. No deposit. I can always cancel it later on. Um, yes, I was somewhat influenced seeing, <laughs> seeing uh, your thoughts the on the roll on James. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm kind of like, I'm still very much on the fence about it. I kind of want to keep the option for like option open for myself to get it, but I'm still very much on the fence. I'm planning to make some like Wi-Fi upgrades to my house. So I'm going to test from, my, play, like, from my phone to my PlayStation once those wife, Wi-Fi upgrades are done. Um, but I gave it a little blast today just to see like here in my study with, you know, the living room, a room over, like what that sort of connection was like. And it's still like just playing like Assassin's Creed Mirage on it to kind of get a feel for, I guess, uh, what a single player game would look like, what I'd commonly play on it. It was still a bit too laggy for me to kind of like have an enjoyable experience with it. But then I'm curious, like, well, my phone is running a bunch of background processes. Like, is that just kind of slowing things down a little bit? And would a dedicated device do better? I don't know. Um yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Like, if it does end up being a shitty experience, like, even 20% of the time, like, you're not going to use it. And I am still shocked that, like, even with the new PS5 that's released, like, there is no yeah. like, direct connection or something, like, the way you had. Like, that, if you knew it was 100%, like, a lag-free experience, like, the Wii U gamepad was, like, that would at least be that, where now it is just a better um, remote yeah. play experience. So, I don't know. It's, it's really just going to come down to... Yeah, how well it works in your house. Yeah, and, and, and it's just hard because you don't know like how that experience is going to be until you've got it. And by then you're 3.30 out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, this to me still makes more sense than, again, going back to VR because the, this is an extension of your PS5. Like if you're someone that plays COD every yeah. night, FIFA every night, and this works well and it's in bed and you're consuming a new game, like that, it makes sense. Like VR too, like people have paid $1,000 for that and there hasn't been a single first party game mm. since launch um so that some people haven't even <laughs> opened the box and it's under their bed don't know, who, like, don't know who that is um yeah this makes more sense <laughs> yeah not looking at anyone just someone um brody and james uh, i don't know i like handhelds i'm always going to be a sucker yeah, for this yeah. stuff that and the, i must admit like the suckers that we are <laughs> like anything in new playstation i'm like maybe i should get it um <laughs> That being said, I didn't get yep. the PSVR 2, so maybe I should just get the... No, I know no. someone's that's um, selling one. Brody, James, have you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brody or James, have you reconsidered getting one of these at all? An enthusiastic... No. Yes. <laughs> no, but sense. I've also, you know, look, if Xbox released something like this, I'd probably get it, so I guess I've got... I, I was just going to yeah, say I've, that. I've I feel like come around would. on the use yeah. case of it. Like I can I see the appeal. Like if Katie's watching TV, I could just sit in bed and play Xbox games. So I see the appeal, yeah. but I, I'm just not a PlayStation guy as much. So have at it. Yeah. You know, and like PlayStation is. Yeah. As I said before, like I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have to fight for the TV. Um, but like, I did like the idea of, you know, even as I'm editing the podcast and like waiting for the footage to download or something like that, I could just like have a game on the go whilst I'm at my desk rather than lugging a PlayStation through or whatever. Um, or when I go around to my brother's house and we play Resident Evil together, as I've infamously done a couple of times, James, like I could just bring my portal 
rather you than like back to back. My thing is, yeah. it's like all the games that I play on my PlayStation are the exclusives and they're like the big, you know, bombastic cinematic games. And I don't really want to play yeah. them on a small shitty screen. Same with yeah. horror. Like I don't, to me, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, I get that. To experience I think that, that is fair. In such a gimped way. For me, for you, like if you were this type of person, it'd be like Mortal Kombat. I don't know how the lag would be for that, but like doing daily challenges on that in bed or whatever like if you were that type of person like that's what i mm. see the use case for this yeah for mm. that's the other use case i got sound off just like having a lazy weekend morning in bed you can just stay there and grab the portal off your bedside table and just stick in bed for a little while longer it'd be nice i mean it's okay, all the luxury let's wrap like this. it's let's all, wrap this up. all ridiculous <laughs> um we'll be i do have a rapid fire question for you all it's black friday this week uh and we'll be doing our best to spotlight the best deals over on the website or at least kieran will i don't plan to write anything um my question for you all though (laughs) what is on your shopping list if anything shannon you planning to pick anything up um the only thing i'm like keen you shit on at the moment are the the ray-ban meta glasses smart glasses like if they were going at a deal I might be, yeah, in the market to, to buy something. I don't know. I always buy like tea. T- I always buy the most random shit on, on Amazon from Black Friday and these sale events. Like just stuff that I know is always yeah. cheap. Toilet paper, dishwashing tablets, <laughs> the exciting stuff that everyone needs. I, I, look, I might buy like a value pack of chewing gum or something yeah, to be honest why not? as well. Yeah. I need some more coffee as well. So I could do that. Um, I mentioned the Wi-Fi upgrade. I'm hoping to pick up a, yeah. a decent deal on a router. Yeah. What about yourself, James? Any planned shopping? Nothing really. Maybe, I don't know. <coughs> Doing your bit to keep the cash downstairs. rate down, maybe. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really need anything. To I don't think I need. Nice. Brody? At the moment. Um, I'll always keep the eye out for smart home stuff, but, you know, I'm not as easily swayed at the minute. Not nice. until I sell this PSVR. Spend responsibly. All right, let's play What the Wiki, the Press Start Podcast Game Show, where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess, and the round ends after one person scores two points. Um, Where's my whiteboard? He's going for the scoreboard, audio listeners. Here we go. Uh, The scores as of the moment. Uh, uh, James on 31 points, Brody on 29 points, Shannon on 28 points, Kieran on 27, myself on 25, and Harry and James W tied. It's on tight. I don't think it's ever been Did this I hold that in the frame tight at the top. Um, it, is, the it is tight at the top, that is for sure. Um, and as last week's winner, rather surprisingly, I am in the hosting chair today. So contestants, if you're ready, I will read you game number one. Please. I haven't heard your voice enough in this episode. Oh. I can't believe that's uh, what Kieran's handwriting was like. I'm wondering why I couldn't. What? On the board. That's not Kieran's handwriting. Sorry, that's you handwriting. Sorry. I was. I spent five <laughs> minutes wondering if you'd spelled Kieran's name wrong, and that's why I was distracted. But it turns out I just don't know how to spell Kieran. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. What is happening? Let's get to the game. All right. Game number one. Players conduct the game from a top-down, isometric, third-person perspective, creating a character who then travels across pre-rendered locations, taking on quests, recruiting companions to aid them, and combating enemies while Brody. working towards completing the game's main story. Brody. Is it Baldur's Gate 3? It is not Baldur's Gate 3, no. Uh, control is done through a user interface that allows a player to move characters and gives them actions to undertake, review information on ongoing quests and the statistics of characters in their party, manage their inventories and organize the formation of the party. Though the screen does not need to be centered on the characters being controlled and can be moved around with the mouse and keyboard, the latter also <laughs> capable of accessing various player options through keyboard shortcuts. That's the longest sentence I've ever read. Wow. All of the gameplay mechanics were coded to conform to the advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition role-playing rules with the game automatically computing rule intricacies, including James. tracking statistics and dice rolling. Bro, uh, James. Is it Baldur's Gate 2? It is not Shannon. Baldur's Gate 2. <laughs> is it Baldur's Gate? 
It is Baldur's Gate. Well done, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Deary me. <laughs> um, well, that's done, a clean right. to the top in this one, I feel. I'm coming. <laughs> He's cuming. He's cuming. He's moved up to tie with Brody. Yeah. All right. Game number two. Oh, my God. Calm down. Uh, the game is a first-person shooter where the player controls the protagonist from a first-person perspective. The player can choose to play the game as either Danielle or Joseph, who both have unique abilities. James. James. Is it Turok 3, Shadows of Oblivion? It is. Well done. You can't James. name characters. That's you can tell fucking. James knows all the Danielle. characters. That could be anyone. That's such a normal name. I felt they were generic. But it names. wasn't. It was two or three Shadows of Oblivion. When the game's already so far up James's well, fucking James. wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, James was the only one that was going to get that anyway. Like, you could have said nothing. I can't help it. Yeah. I played maybe on, maybe yeah, you could have bounced on it. Maybe oh, you could Johnny, what the wiki. Anyway. Uh, all right. Game number three. They're about to get weird, so it's Okay. Uh, Detroit Free Press gave the Game Boy Advance version one star out of four and stated, I like the game. I like games that involve strategy, but this game has none. You do what the game wants you to do with just a bit of brain power involved, but no strategy. USA Today gave the game four stars out of 10 and stated the, the overall, the game is beautifully created and the environments are bright and lush with color. The voice acting and musical score are done well, but not done, not overdone, and there's just enough charm to give this game potential. But design glitches and annoying camera perspectives sabotage the gameplay, which is the most part, most important part of the game, and the entire experience ultimately becomes more of a frustration rather than enjoyment. Each level has the following goals. Charlie must help Willy Wonka remove Gus's gloop from the pipe. Shannon! <laughs> Willy Wonka and Brody. the Chocolate no. Factory's strategy delight. <laughs> Brody. Is it just Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, was, yeah, Brody. Well done. Fuck that up. The uh, 2005 version of the game, to be exact. That was a frustrating game. Not the game, that way you read it, to be clear. <laughs> Look, I've got to have my fun as well, okay? All right, game number four, the tiebreaker. We made it. In the game, soldiers make use of nectar. Mantle uses this drug to James. control the... Mu- James. Is it Haze? It is Haze. Well you done. You use James. fucking proper nouns in this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead giveaway for these gucking guys who know too much about shit. Who knows fucking Hayes anyway? Let's be real. Grow up. Are we okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. Uh, I don't know. I'm meant to close this out now. Um, Well done. On the floor in that. But yes, you are now in the lead on... That's a a 33. You're on 33 points. Um, Brody went up to 30 points. And Shannon up to 29 points. So big, I think big round next week, I think. Or... No, James, maybe two. Yes, that makes sense. That's how the game works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with that, though, let's bring it into what was this week's episode of the Press Start uh, podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the sites at press.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. Yeah, you can follow me at Shannon Grixty. James? Yeah, you can find me on... On X at at James A T J A M Z, and a big happy birthday to Brody. Thanks. You can oh, yeah, follow me on most things. You can sing me out, Shannon. Uh, you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. <laughs> I think I've got a couple of reviews going up overnight, so watch uh, re- read them now if you want. Uh, live, I can't remember what they're for. Uh, one's Karma Zoo. Should we have we spoken about these reviews on the podcast? That's too late. Did, did you That's guys all enjoy sure. playing Karma Zoo together? I, I didn't mind Karma Zoo. I didn't mind um, it. Yeah. It was a bit of fun. And what's the other one? Yeah. yeah. Shannon? We only Teardown. get together for the best game, James. The best game. So it was great. <laughs> and I've been your host, Ewan Roxbury. You can follow me on socials at Ewan underscore Roxbury. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, until next time, happy gaming. And to close us out, 
Sharon, uh, Shannon is going to serenade us. Over to you, Shannon. <laughs> if I serenade, I can't do it on the spot. It has to Just be. Just do it. To... Just do it. James is going to do it. James can harmonize. I have to go. Something come up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Happy birthday, Brody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>